Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about She Said? I am, because after all, we we are the Watchers of Movies. So... I just recently watched a TV show. Oh, yeah? I watched the entire thing. brand new information. (laughs) I never mentioned it. I was, we ate dinner before we uh, recorded, and I was trying not to tell her any details about it, but I was dying. I watched watched this show. I won't tell you about it, because I want to tell you about the episode. (laughs) But I watched this show, (laughs) and I'm not going to tell you about it, because I want to tell you about it on the episode, and then like five minutes later... I watched this show. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. What is the show? So it's called The Devil in Ohio. Mm. It is um, on Netflix. It's with Emily Deschanel. And um, I, so I started watching it because Netflix had told me, which I'm assuming is a lie because I cannot imagine that this is uh, one of the top 10 in four, <laughs> has been on the top 10 for four weeks. I watched it. First of all, um, I loved Bones, or I did. I liked Bones. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I, I definitely enjoyed Bones. And watching Emily Deschanel in this role was like watching another TV show about the same fucking character from Bones. She didn't even change the way that she talked. It was like very clinical sounding, and like just it just. I, I felt like I was watching Bones. I've only really seen her in two things, and that's these are the two things. And I gotta say, like, I mean, she p- even played a doctor. It was like, <laughs> it was like there was an, the only difference in my opinion was that she was a doctor of like psychology in this, and in the sh- in Bones, she's like, um, uh, I don't know, I don't really know what they, sh- but she works with. You know, bones, right? That's like her thing. Yeah. And uh, so <clears throat> it's about this young woman who escapes from a cult. And so I was like, okay, yes, I am immediately on board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I am immediately like, fuck yes, this sounds awful. I love it. So I'm awful. Like, yes, like awful and like a terrible, like, oh, I can't believe that, that she went through that type of thing. You know, oh, what I, mean? I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like awful, yeah. like okay. disturbing. Right. Right. So. <clears throat> so <laughs> that made me actually what's <laughs> so, so, for making fun of you um so anyway so she this young woman is taken in by her by bones's family um because i'm just gonna keep calling that because fuck that i feel like they also use the same name <laughs> and that is not a good sign no it wasn't the same name but um, actually, her name is Temperance Brennan in Bones, but whatever. Oh, anyway, actually, and douchebag is a hygienic product, so that is a compliment. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so so she like brings her into her family, and her family is like at first accepting of her, but then this girl's mm. like acting weird, but. To me, the escalations were not enough to make it like a big concern that there's something wrong with this girl other than the fact that she had, (laughs) you're teasing me, but like, so she just gave from a cult. So you're assuming that she's got PTSD. Mm -hmm. Also, okay, stop, you're killing me. (laughs) Sorry, I thought, 
I am listening to you uh, okay. as a good friend listens actively? to another. <laughs> okay. You said she's acting weird. The escalations weren't really worth it. Yes. Well, she probably has PTSD. Yes. Because she also had an uh, a um a upside down pentagram carved in her back. Carved, like carved. branded. Oh yeah, like yikes! Like someone took a knife and fucking carved it in her back. Wow. Yeah. How she? How they get her to sit still that long? I don't know, but she's apparently the chosen one. Of so course, she's like, always the right, chosen the, ones. So like in this cult, so like can't she on. just if she's the chosen one, can't she just disband the cult? Like no, she's thing. like the chosen one to like sacri- be sacrificed because they worship the devil. So they worship because it's all about oh. yeah. So it's like devil worship. So like Classic. the first really right, and it was but it was kind of like lame to worship. And I say this lame devil worship. I don't know how else to explain it but it was like it, it was so they built up to this point where there's it's like like made for tv devil worship yeah and like i even and the guy that played the um the devil the, no the oh. husband of temperance brennan um uh-huh. was mr in, bones no <laughs> not david Boreanaz. if it had been david Boreanaz, i would have been I a mr. lot more on mr board. bones yes that's david Boreanaz because i get married Angel. i think maybe <laughs> He was with Buffy first, so... Um, okay, but, like, later, he was with Cordelia, so it's, like, like... Listen, anyway, so, anyway, so, I had seen the dad in, like, a Hallmark, or, like, a Lifetime movie, so I, I was, figured. like, I was, like, okay, so this is, so I was, like, eh. So he's, like, a J.C. Penny model. Yeah, well, yeah. he looks like a, I'm pretty sure I sent you a picture of him and said he's, like, an off-brand Aaron Eckhart. I'm pretty sure I sent you oh. one before. But anyway, so he, like, so I was immediately, like, oh. I was, like, oh, okay, so they cast, like, a guy from Lifetime as the dad, and I was, like, well, you know, it could be okay, it could be interesting. But they had this whole buildup, and then, like, the end was, like, a twist that was, like, the lamest twist Mm -hmm. I had ever seen. Like, it was just, it was, like, so the whole thing is about this girl who is, like, this cult is trying to get her back, you know? Sure, of course. And trying to sacrifice her because they think that by sacrificing her, it'll make their lives better, blah, blah, blah. They're in a cult, you know, they're all fucked up. Anyway, so, and then the dad is, like... Hold on, let me look up the dad actually because uh, oh um or the dad her dad her real dad not Mr. Bones yeah no um oh Tamo Panicket mm. is the actor's name I don't know if you recognize him you know I don't he kind of looks like a poor man's Aaron Eckhart <laughs> <laughs> that's not who I was talking about oh <laughs> I will so he's I was like, lying anyway he's like, he's like the leader of like the the, pack. the cult the leader of the pack. The leader of the pack. Room, room. Um, why can't I look into his eyes? Work? See his future. <laughs> his his <laughs> history. Um, okay. He probably doesn't have one. <laughs> I've seen him he in was something born before in a lab. Two days before <laughs> filming began, and they decommissioned him two days after yes. filming ended. And that's why the yeah he's a girl. That's guy. probably exactly probably what happened. But anyway, so so. They like the whole thing is like how she got chosen was I guess there was like a rose like a white rose on her bed and she 
and that's like how she was chosen or something like they, it just was there or yeah they never give any explanation as to mm-hmm. why that's uh, like i'm pretty sure white means sympathy so i don't really know like why you would use like well, you know what i mean if you're gonna use like a so you think that the creators of this movie had the wherewithal to be like what does each color rose mean <laughs> i think that they didn't and that's why they chose a white <laughs> fucking rose so um but so like I think white is like a symbol of like purity. So that's yeah, probably maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, you may. But anyway, so <clears throat> so this isn't loading. But anyway, so so you think that like they're she like wins at prom, like wins prom queen or whatever. She you wins. Know? She wins prom she wins queen. Prom queen. Because everyone's like, oh, you're so brave, May. That's her name. Why is she brave? <laughs> because she showed her like her thing on the back. Oh, so this is after she's been yeah, in a so cult. Yeah, so she's like in a regular high school Jeez, now. if there was a girl at my high school who was in a cult and had a pentagram carved into her back, I would never cross her. I would be scared. I would make her prom queen, prom king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so, any other queen or king right. that needed to be done, I right. would make her valedictorian. I would just be like, like anything you want. Right. And anything. Like, the thing is that they, I felt like they were trying to make this character sinister, but they weren't, they really like, weren't and i don't think she was because i was like and i may be seeing this as a person who has um done my own research on or well i guess is in is in school i saying you infiltrated for, a satanic cult <laughs> for a no, while like, i mean i know about like behavioral science sure, and psychology and everything too. like that yeah. so i understand that after someone leaves that kind of situation they're like in a really bad place mentally you know mm-hmm. emotionally she wasn't even like talking but the, so they tried to make her sinister and then at the end, so what happens is she wins prom queen and then she gets a white rose and it like triggers her. So she like runs back to the cult. And she's like, I'm going to get sacrificed. This is my thing. And um, and she ends up not getting sacrificed because her mom sacrifices herself instead. Not Temperance Brennan, but her actual mom, her bio mom. Oh. And and it's what like, so she watches her mom burn to death, essentially. Jeez. Yeah. And then you find out later, and this is like the last scene, is that Temperance gets a call. That's not her actual character name. Right. <laughs> she it's gets right. a call, and she's like, and the detective, I think, on the other end, which the entire time I was like, this detective is too good looking. He's shady, but he turned out to not be shady, and I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't because I was getting a shady vibe from him. Anyway, so <clears throat> they're like, she actually was the one who planted the rose. And so she didn't get triggered. It was her that did this the whole time. And I was like, but she like, but they never gave any explanation Wait. or reason as to why she returned or why the she daughter, felt obligated to do that. The daughter planted her own rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. And that was like the twist. So then she wanted to go back to the cult. So I guess, she used the I rose assume. as an excuse. Or something like that. Yeah. She like used the rose as like an excuse that it triggered her to return to the cult. But it was like there was she could never. She just gone back to the cult any time. Right. Well. Right. But that's, that's what I'm saying. But is I that, need to know. Did the sacrifice work? <laughs> Did well, her cult, mom, her mom. Well, I'm assuming so because her mom sacrificed afterwards. That's I'm assuming so. I'm assuming so. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, really? I don't know because this was so <laughs> poorly written, and there was like no, there was never any sort of like um, something where she, like, sure she was like pressured to go back, but for the most part, she was pretty safe. You know, there was never like I thought that there was going to be instances where she would be like maybe kidnapped by a member or any like put into danger but no the entire time she was pretty safe Hmm. so this big like twist ending was like what that's dumb and then i finished it and that was it she leave the cult to begin with 
I because she was going to be sacrificed and she didn't want to be sacrificed. But she did it to herself. I don't know. I know you're <laughs> pointing out this as a paradox, but I'm so confused. <clears throat> Nobody read the script. I don't know. Apparently not. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they good. probably approached Emily Deschanel and they're like, I know that you're not a good actress like your sister. Um, so how about you play the same exact character that you do? Like, just like your sister does. <laughs> she was like, great. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just being a bitch about the Deschanel's, but sorry, you guys are not that good actors. So. I think I think Zoe is. I just think that I mean, she is but typecast as a I singer so, a lot now. No, she's, but I, I think she's movie, better. I think she's better I saw than a her movie sister. with her in it with Lou Taylor Pucci a long time ago. And I, I think she was pretty good. Mm. I think she's talented. I just think, she, I think like she. I think stick, she's more talented. Her stick makes yeah. money, but she has really good comedic timing, and that's actually really difficult. Yeah, so. she has a band too. Yeah, yeah. She's she a, and him. Yeah, um, I like their band. Actually, I've heard like they did some Christmas songs, and I was making a Christmas playlist. Um, but um, no, Devil in Ohio. I was like, how? How? How was this? And I was so mad. I was like, Netflix lied to me because I'm sorry. There's no fucking way that you can tell me that this show has been on the top 10 for four weeks when it is garbage. You have to think about the fact that people stream it all over before they decide they don't like it. So who knows how those stats like those stats could be like if it's streamed for 15 minutes that's true you know what that's i mean true. yeah so you don't you have no idea like, how they get them they could be shady shady stats yeah you know and or, i you know mike and i watched the entire willow series even though it's straight <laughs> trash <laughs> and uh we watched it, like, the entire thing because we're completist <laughs> and we were angry hate watching it yes. but and and so i feel like there's also like what you did you know like stuff like that just be like well look at all the streams we got even though the people are like yeah. screaming from the rooftops about how bad it is it's still you know so. the thing but is- i think willow is so bad that it's not even in like a well, no, I think we looked up a, a critic's rating and it was high and we were like, okay, these are not real. <laughs> I know, like I, was, I was like, who did you hire to write this? Because this is bad. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I watched the entire thing with the hope that it was going to get better. And it seemed like it was. It seemed like it was on That's the path get to get you. better. And then it was just like the end was like, and she planted the rose. And I was like, Okay, give us an explanation. Like, why did she do that? Did someone approach her? Did she feel obligated to go back? Was she pressured? Anything. Give me fucking anything. And also, cast a different actress or just, I don't know. Don't have, like, or the director should have been like, Emily, I'm feeling really like a lot of Temperance Brennan vibes coming from you right now. I need you to, like, change up your intonation because it's the same thing. I mean, maybe she wanted it that way because that will draw those bones. I mean, I guess, but it was just, it was, it was just really Mm -hmm. bad. The girl who played the like cult girl though she was pretty decent i'd never seen her in anything and i did like her performance but it was just so poorly written and there was like so many questions that i had at the end that i was like this is a not this is not a twist this is a bad twist yeah, you know what i mean it sounds pretty terrible it was it was not so i i've been <laughs> like shower arguing with myself about this show yeah. <laughs> like, that's what i did with willow yeah like so i've been like walking around like and if they had done this this way then this would have been better and bowl- <laughs> so I'm, like, yeah, you know, like, like, like getting- nobody asks us <laughs> it's like i, I was know. like you know what they could have and because 
because I've been really like on a, a kick of like the sinner lately. So I want to watch shows that are like that. And one of the other shows, and I had told this to our friend, Samantha, that I thought that Cardinal was really good, but she was like, eh, it's not really my jam. And I'm like, girl, you got to watch the whole pilot. <laughs> you know, she only watched like 20 minutes of it, but I was like, girl, you got to watch the whole pilot. But I feel like Cardinal's very similar to The Sinner, and I actually think Cardinal's a little bit better overall because while The Sinner is very good, it has some weak seasons, like season two, as I've talked about before. So when I watched Dublin, Ohio, I was like, perfect, great. This is another like The Sinner. I'm going to love this. And I was just like, no. Mm -mm. It was just so disappointed i really wanted to you reminded me of uh yesterday i was at my parents house and i was just casually watching tv with my mom uh-huh. and there was really not much on so she just put on this show that i think it might be called missing person it's on fox and it's just like a hour-long drama like monster of the week drama about people is it like, like a missing documentary people. series or no it's like it's like law and order but for oh, like missing okay. people with, and scott con right. is in it anyway uh and it had a trope and it. it has a trope in it that i really hate and i've mentioned before and it's so these two professional police detectives who are charged with finding this missing teenage girl uh go into a closet at the like station where they work and have sex oh my god and my mom said my mom goes wow they really they're really concerned about that missing girl and it made <laughs> yeah, me laugh like, out loud seriously. and i'm like and then they just like get dressed and they go out and they look totally fine and i'm like that's it's totally unrealistic right right and i hate when people are like like you could have sex any you work let's say let's say let's give them let's say they work 15 hours a day well they still got nine hours to have (laughs) sex in their in their free time you know what i mean like you don't have to have any company property where people are on the other side of the door i just think it's so stupid and i hate that trope i do too Um, i I know it's like so it, it's it's like uh they were doing that a lot in like nurse jackie like there was like a hot doctor that was like sleeping with everyone and i was like wh- like did you just bring her in because she's hot because that's what it felt like yeah and it didn't feel it didn't feel like there was in like she ended up leaving the show uh the character ended up leaving the show because she like i don't know i think she just wasn't she was like gonna get married to peter fetchinelli's character but she like wasn't feeling it or whatever and i don't even remember the character's name i barely remember what she looks like because she just was so insignificant and she's just like fucking him in like a fucking empty room and i'm like i'm like if you're like if you're trying to write female characters that i want to like root for like don't don't give me these basic really like generic um tropey like kind of trashy slutty characters you know what i mean like there's it's one thing like she was kind of gross because she didn't really even care about being a doctor she like just cared about like having sex with this Mm -hmm. doctor you know what i mean and it was just it felt very it felt like a man wrote her (laughs) and it felt really like okay you know what maybe go back to the drawing board and ask a female what they think about this character and i will watch as they turn you down because she's awful like you know what i mean it was just it was so I was just like, what's the point of her? I don't care about her. I don't care what happens to her. Get rid of her. I think maybe if you're <laughs> like 20 years old and you like like spicy sexual TV drama, then maybe the trope of people having sex at work might be appealing. But if you're not like, maybe not even 20, maybe like 16 to 18, 
But when you're an adult and you're like, oh, so this is just a show about workaholics who can't just go home and have a private life. They have to like you're do right. everything at the office or at the hospital <laughs> or at the police station or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Or right. like if the show was about like if the show was about two secretaries who didn't really have an important job getting it on in like the copy room i'd be like okay this is kind of funny right, but it's always right, like right. high profile jobs and it's always like, like there's a girl listen, missing we work we work 90 hours a week so we gotta get it on at the hospital and i'd be like no you know what like, like this is unhealthy like you're a workaholic yeah. and that's not appealing in my tv characters because i want to know that you have enough money to enjoy your social life because I don't know. Yeah, that's no. all. <laughs> no, I know. I I, I know. And uh, so just back to what I was talking about um, with, I'm, I'm trying to still figure out who this actor is because it finally loaded. But um, it just like back to like the whole thing of like the sinner and, you know, oh, like Cardinals. did I interrupt you? No, 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 no. I'm just kind of returning back to it. Is that I really like those shows because they're not like super formulaic police procedurals you know what i mean because yeah. there's a million on cis's out there there's a million lawn orders there's a million like it's just they're just big time monster oversaturated yeah. you know and when i what i want is i want a show that focuses on it's like you know like what you said not a monster of a week but like an entire season focuses on one big story mm-hmm. and it's interesting and it's compelling and it keeps you wanting to come back and so i'm like i i don't I like place procedurals, don't get me wrong, but it's not something I really actively seek out. I would rather have something that has more of an impact, I guess, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, I can watch Law and Order SVU and I can watch about three episodes and then I need like three like months of break because it's so heavy that I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, uh, speaking of Mariska Hargitay, I think she was my first female crush. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you ready to talk about the movie? I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. Let's get a little synopsis going. So oh, these- good job. Good job. Thank you. I oh did not gosh, think of that. Thank you. you I did. appreciate it. She said, let's um, do a synopsis. I, I did. I, I was said, there, actually. You know, if you- we should just try to work the title into <laughs> any, everything. She said. Yeah. She said. Oh, that's, I didn't realize you that's were doing what that. she said. Oh, jeez. <laughs> No, she said it. She said oh, right. Okay. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Jody and Megan are two women that work at the New York Times, and they are starting to write a story about Harvey Weinstein. So, they are getting information from women that have allegedly been sexually abused or assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. And so that's, and it started the Me Too movement, essentially. Mm-hmm. Based on a book that they wrote. Yeah, yeah. So, about, it's a true story. It's a yeah. true story. Um, so. What did you think of the movie? Um, initially, I liked it. I don't think it's great. The more I think about it, I think it's... I don't know if it's a good movie. I think it's kind of like... I think I really like Carrie Mulligan, and I really like Zoe Kazan, and I like the other actors and actresses that are in it, and I think that their performances are really good, but I think that the movie is missing something. I found it to be a little bit anticlimactic and i thought like the phrase that keeps popping into my head is that i feel like it got a little bit lost in the weeds okay and i think it's kind of like like all one level if you had a little richter scale it might just be a straight line you know (laughs) for the movie no earthquakes here i've seen other movies 
like I mentioned, Spotlight. The movie Spotlight is a much more exciting movie about a news team breaking a mega news story. And it's more compelling in some way than this one was. I think the story is really interesting. And I think the major flaw in the movie for me was that um, there just wasn't enough... It was a lot of the two women talking about the stories, and I just needed a little bit more. It kind of, it, it, it was lacking something. So as a movie, I don't think it was great, but I liked it still. But I think there are other better movies that, um, better movies about the craft of journalism than this movie. But I'm excited to get into the details of the story and everything, you know. But mm-hmm. overall, I, I would say that, and I think I read that this movie was a flop and I like a box office flop and I I can see why mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit long and a little bit dry. How okay. About, how about you? Um, I had a hugely emotional response to this film. I pretty much the I finished it and I turned it off and I was just sitting there crying like bawling like it was I had I mean, I liked it. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again because of such an emotional response I had. And it is like definitely not a yeah. repeat viewing. And I'm yeah, not, I'm not just heavy. saying that about like <clears throat> it not being that exciting, but it's it is really heavy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very heavy, and um, I found myself very like just so angry that there were so many women out there that have experienced this kind of um, terrible event. And the men or women that have done this, you know, and you know what, it could be anyone, any gender could experience this. But whoever did this to them was in such a powerful position that they were so scared to come forward. And so they spent their lives just holding it in. And I mean, stuff like that profoundly changes your brain chemistry. That's not something you walk away from and you're just okay after, you know, and um and it, it just, it was very upsetting to me. It was incredibly upsetting. And I really thought it was great that they included Ashley Judd in there because she's had a lot of like really awful experiences with sexual assault and stuff like that. Like three different times in her life or something, she's been like raped. And I was like, holy shit. And like, first of all, I love Ashley Judd. I think she's great. And, um, but, um, so yeah, I liked it. I think I liked it probably more than you did, but I definitely don't think I'd want to watch it again. It's just it's too heavy. It made me feel just like I was like crushed after. Like I had, I was like laying down in my bed because I was like I don't think I can. I don't really want to like do anything right now. And like like my my brain needed like a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? I watched it today, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah. So I guess that's that's my that's mine. <laughs> yeah, is. It's it's very intense and um I can see what you mean though that it's maybe like they maybe could have included more but like so <clears throat> it reminded me a lot of Bombshell which was the one about um the Fox News Bill O'Reilly and was it I think Matt Lau- Matt Lauer was like part of that too and uh and I felt that this one was a lot better than Bombshell. I didn't really like Bombshell. And like Bombshell was kind of the same thing where I felt like they had introduced this terrible thing that people were experiencing, but then they didn't really go into it more in depth. To, you know what I mean? One of the things that I like, really would have liked more of is... so. 
I think I came to the conclusion today about kind of what it was that really like maybe in my mind was done badly and is that uh so many of the women it like the movie ended up becoming more about the like the non-disclosure agreements yeah than about anything else so those women ca- couldn't even speak out if they wanted to because right. they could have been sued and they could have lost everything and every- and all that and so that made for very dry storytelling in yeah. some regards but they did show and they did tell some things you know but and i think that um more stories I wanted to hear more stories like they touched on that woman in the beginning who was like really sticking up for him and, and had a meeting with Jody Cantor. And what was her name? Uh, Rachel Laura, or, or Laura? Pamela? <laughs> None of us, neither of us know. Um, it was Lisa Bloom. So okay. Lisa Bloom. Yeah, there were a couple of trash person, women in this where I was like, well, fuck you. She was this person who was like sticking up for Harvey, but we never found out why. And and I get yeah. that. I think they, I feel like maybe they wanted to like keep the integrity of the story. But at the same time, if you're going to make a movie, you have to movieify it a little bit. Yeah, And I yeah. would have liked more from like Lisa Bloom and the other woman. And like the woman who called, so like the intern, Laura, uh, who... Um, her friend called her and she's like it was great wasn't it back when we hung out and we were working for Harvey you know like more from women like that who seemingly want to still cover up for him and are seemingly okay with what he's doing and are probably using the phrase like boys will be boys you know I hate that and so stuff like that I wanted more from them and I wanted more from people like (laughs) Megan Carrie Mulligan played Megan Toohey and Zoe Kazan played Joey Cantor. So Megan, like, went to somebody's house. He used to be, like, the former, like, CFO of Miramax or something. And she ambushed his house at night, which I can't believe anybody, any person would do by themselves, especially a woman. Yeah, that's uh, dangerous. And yeah. she, like, confronted him about these payoffs that mm-hmm. were done, these settlements that were done. And, and he really didn't have much to say. He sort of clammed up. And his wife was like, what settlements? You know? And then they never touched on that story again. We never got to hear anything. Yeah, that's and true. I just, I want to hear more about the settlements and more about what these people, like, I just, I just want more background and less, like, and I watched the movie with Mike and he pointed out something really smart. And he thought, he said he felt like a lot of the dialogue was placed there to be used in the trailer and oh. and i felt that way as well because when she was meeting with samantha samantha morton samantha morton like made this really mega statement she's like this is more than just harvey weinstein this is like covering up of all this wrongdoing on every level or something and i was like oh okay and then they really didn't that was you know that was it right there were like it didn't like it didn't delve deeper into that it just sort of still sort of skated along and became about non-disclosure agreements and i was just like there's nothing gripping here that's giving me a lot to work with like yes harvey's an asshole yes the people who supported him and hid stuff for him and paid people off are assholes but I need you to show me they're assholes and not just have the two journalists tell me that they're assholes. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, <clears throat> with the CFO thing, 
when his wife was like, what are you talking about? What settlements? I was like, you watch as this guy's marriage crumbles <laughs> because I cannot I imagine. Can't. I know. I mean, how could you stay with someone who you go, so this guy that you were working for raped and assaulted a bunch of women and you just went along with it and got, I would be like, I don't even know you. I don't, you're not my husband. You accepted a rapist being like, just giving women money yeah and like, yeah like and not only that but like these i mean you know samantha morton's character um what was her name um yeah so zelda was her name oh yeah <clears throat> which by the way they have the uh actress that played the younger m- version of her molly windsor and i was like holy shit they did a good job with casting those because i thought I kind of almost thought that was her for like a split second. I was like, whoa. Oh, it's the younger version. Um, so Zelda says something about um, that she was or like one, some, I th- maybe it wasn't Zelda, but one of them said something about how they couldn't even go to like a therapist or something without yeah, they getting permission. Disclose, they couldn't yeah. disclose information to doctors. And I was like, so these women are dealing with this trauma that you desperately need mental health after like mental health help after that. Because it, the first of all, like I, and I think about this every now and then I think about like, if I was in a situation like that at the age that I am now, obviously it would be traumatizing but i would be able to deal with it a lot better than i would if i was in my 20s you know what i mean like because i would understand more what was going on and my brains developed and you know what i mean like and i've lived longer in this world so i know what kind of people are out there so to me like it would be horrible and traumatizing and i'm sure that i would struggle with mental health issues after that but well yeah at least i would be like at the mental like have the mental acuity i guess or whatever to be able to understand what happened and be able to you know work through it Mm -hmm. whereas someone who's in their early 20s is still very naive and young and which is probably why he went after them because it's a lot easier to go after women who don't know what kind of men there are out there and then, it didn't seem like they it seemed like they all knew what kind of man he was yeah and, and but he just, they just were taught to coddle him and like keep going sorry but i no, i mean i think that's it not it pretty much um I, I wanted to say did you did you notice that the guy that plays captain holt from brooklyn 99 is in this yeah <laughs> he was like, like the editor-in-chief or something i don't know he i saw something. him he he was like he was he said something and i was like is that Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so excited because it's funny. My like little picture on Peacock is actually of Captain Holt. <laughs> oh, nice! Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he's my favorite in that show. So was, I was excited to see him in something because I've never seen him in anything else. So I was like Andre Brower. Oh my god! Anyway, it was that was that was very exciting for me. I was I was very thrilled. <laughs> I think it's interesting that all of this stuff was like h- hidden in plain sight, almost like yeah. the settlements and people who quit miramax abruptly you know and and also like everybody knew what was going on but nobody did anything because he was so powerful and kind of scary and like super scary like they would send these young women to his hotel room to get him out of bed yeah it's like like, on what level level are you comfortable doing that like if if you i mean i think there's there's protecting your livelihood and then there's like being an idiot and i think if you're being complicit in someone else's assault well yeah and and i think i think that's crazy except 
a lot of money was being made and so i don't know and and he seemed like kind of a scary guy and i get it i totally get it because i had bosses when i was i mean nothing like this don't misunderstand me nothing right. like this but there i did have intimidating bosses when i was young oh yeah that really same. intimidated me and they were really scary and i can totally understand sort of going along with something because you're so intimidating oh, i mean yeah. to a certain point like you know like okay i'll help him get out of bed okay i'll stay while he takes a shower you know yeah and then like and then if you're you know if you have your wits about you which hopefully you do but a lot of people don't because the situation is so scary hopefully you leave before it gets truly you know like right crosses right. into truly truly bad territory where you're violated in some way you're already kind of violated i think like and in a way, like, you know, because he's, he's still doing something that a grown man should not be asking any woman who isn't fully compliant right, to right. do. But um, I forgot to say, Bombshell's also about Roger Isles. I forget, like, name popped in my head. And I forgot to say that. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, <clears> so <throat> I just... I. I can't remember what I was saying. <laughs> I can't remember what I was saying. I know. I, um, I... I was thinking about that and I was thinking like no grown man should have to ask a young woman to come into his place and to wake him up. He is a grown man. If he cannot do that himself, that is his problem, not yours. Oh, you know, like well, like and it reminded me of um I listen to that show Morbid. I know I've talked about it before, but there there's something that they say where they're like, no, like to like about children, like no adult will ever ask you for help. You know what I mean? Like no adult that has good intentions is ever going to ask you for help. You know what I mean? Like people that ask, like adults that ask children for help are generally like. You, are you talking? It's predatory. You're behavior. talking about like inappropriate help are you like talking yeah, like, about like um, can you hand me that cup over there yeah yeah no no i'm talking about like oh i lost my puppy can you help me find oh, it yeah, you know okay. or like the yeah. black phone where he's like i dropped all my groceries can you help me yeah. like why why does he have to help you you, right. know, you know what i mean it's just it's inappropriate help yeah not like can you hand me like the ketchup or something yeah. i mean like yeah um or hey kids my van's full of candy you want to come in i have a bunch of puppy you know what i mean it's like okay well, like, yeah like where's all the candy i was lied to you know? <laughs> so. well that you just reminded me what i was gonna say <clears throat> okay. so but the, the thing is that like zelda said you know like there. Sh- people told us ways to get around this like always wear a puffy jacket when you're with him and always sit sit in a chair chair with arms mm -hmm. not in the couch next to him and then the other woman that the her friend uh regina was her name regina um rowena 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 was (laughs) like yeah somebody told me to always wear two pairs of tights because that would help and it's just like at, at what point like it feels like there was a moment before this whole thing started just like rolling down the hill into complete chaos like a snowball just keep gaining momentum where people could have uh, that's what the movie's about like you know or i mean like that's the idea is that like at a certain point people could have said like wait a second harvey shouldn't be doing this we know this is wrong but instead they were like we'll just wear your puffy jacket you know what i mean yeah and i think that that's yeah i think it's it's a sad testimony to the fact that just because Harvey Weinstein 
is now in prison does not mean that that's still not happening oh, every yeah, day. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, definitely. And so I think that it's interesting that they talked a lot about just like, well, you know, there are ways to just get around it instead of actually doing anything about it because he was the most powerful man in the in the company in Miramax right, and right, even in right. like Hollywood I think he was oh, yeah, he had a lot time. of power and so who <clears throat> wants to stand up to the person who's like giving them it's their scary. money and, well it's yeah. scary yeah it's um and I mean I think there's a lot of different perspectives in here where it's like it's like a lot of different people were stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Like, what do I do? You know, like morally, ethically, I know what to do. But at the same time, like the CFO, you know, you know what's happening. So why are you allowing this to happen? Like if you, yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, so that tells me, that tells me personally that when someone does something like that, then they are saying, hey, rape's okay. Sexual abuse is okay. Sexual assault's okay. As long as they get money after, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, what? Because <laughs> if that happened to your daughter, would that be okay? Well, would that's that the age-old argument. Would that be well, okay? I mean, it's the age-old <laughs> argument. Like, oh, don't worry about prostitution. Don't worry about stripping. Don't worry about anything. But, oh, my daughter would could never be a prostitute or a stripper. Right. No way. But it's okay for me to, you know... It's okay for me to enjoy go stripper, strippers yeah, or prostitutes. Yeah. Stripper, to, to go to a strip club or to see a prostitute. And I'm not trying to, like, create a moral argument. I'm just saying, like, you know, we make concessions for things right. that we just feel like, well, it's okay as long as it's somebody else. It's like people who are, like, hate porn stars because they're in porn, but then they use porn to get off. You can't have it both ways. Either you hate them and you don't watch any porn, or you do and you go, okay, so these people are just making money the same way I am. It's just a different form of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's, it's just super hypocritical is what I'm saying, is that you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too, you know? To me, like, either you get off the internet and you stop wanking off to whoever you're watching on your screen, and you shut the fuck up about it, <laughs> like, or I don't know, whatever, you know what I mean? But you can't, like, it's, it's, don't, like, don't come at these people who are just making a living and you are, and, and saying that they're whores or they're sluts or they deserve to be whatever, you know, but then you're getting off on them doing the same thing. That's, that's the problematic part of it. You know what I mean? I guess. Do you? Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I think feel like that's like I feel like hypocritical is the point that Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. It's it's um definitely. Let's see. So, when I first watched it, I kind of was think I said I even said this to Mike that I I kind of wanted more. Like I don't want I don't ever want to see a rape, but I kind of wanted more of like the the stories to be like visual instead of just like sitting at a table and talking about it because i think it, it kind of got bogged down by all the dialogue you know yeah there was a but lot of exposition i mike pointed out that they did kind of show an interesting like crime scene sort of flashbacks where you see like little snippets from like the hotel room for example yeah and you see like laura running through the streets crying and stuff and so and i kind of come around on that and i do actually think that's a pretty creative way to show what happened without showing what happened and without making it too cringy because it's just like 
you're not seeing him like touch anybody you know right but i just would have liked more of that i wanted more story and less journalism because i think the story would tell the journalism like in a roundabout way we would get the journalism story if we got more of the story instead of just them talking yeah and i think um i mean so like not to go back to this but i'm gonna go back to this but bombshell there was a scene between like margot robbie and and john lithgow played roger isles and he had like asked her to like pull up her skirt she looks super uncomfortable and you don't like you never see anything happen but you know you know that it did it's very much implied and it's just so so awful and uncomfortable and you're just like please just like leave just walk away and it's just a you know like it's just a really scary situation and i think that they i do i do agree with you that i think that maybe um i think that maybe they could create more empathy with the audience if they had showed some some sort of like scene where you're like wow this is intensely awfully uncomfortable and and you know but um i mean i i obviously i don't want to see rape and like no thanks that's good i'm good thank you uh but it's i do agree that there was just so much exposition in it that it was like that was the majority of the movie was just talking like early on megan goes to talk to a woman who just sort of disappeared from miramax one day she just didn't go to work Mm -hmm. and nobody was able to track her down and so megan was like i know where her mom lives her mom lives in Queens, so i'm gonna pay a visit to her mom and when she gets to her mom's house the the woman actually is there visiting Mm -hmm. and so they're standing out on the porch and megan's like you know if you had to sign like a non-disclosure agreement we have written articles in a way that gets around that you're anonymous we don't quote you there are ways of getting around non-disclosure agreements and the woman stood there for a while and she got really emotional and then she was just like all i can tell you is that i had a business disagreement with miramax and it was settled and and then megan left and she called jody and she was like i don't know she's really scared but she wants to talk and then when they hang up the woman calls and the woman's like I don't think it's going to work out. I'm not going to be able to help you. Thanks. Right. And that was it. And there was a lot of emphasis put on this interview. Mm-hmm. And the main crux of the story is, oh, well, she signed a non-disclosure. So no one will ever know what happened. And I, and I know that that's the real story. Probably they never got the information from her. But stuff like that was given, I think, in my mind, an unfair waiting in the movie where it was like building up to nothing. And so if the story ends with nothing being, oh, this is just another example of a settlement where this poor woman can't speak out. Then they I, white I don't know. It. You have to. Yeah, you have to. I don't know. I feel like they had to find a more creative way to to tell that to because otherwise it just felt like oh okay well i that's it that was a thing that happened in the movie and i and i and i think that does it a disservice because the the story like the scandal the story and everything and all these things that these women went through is very powerful and it needs to be told but i just don't know if this movie did it well enough because i think that they had a lot like a gold mine on their hands that they maybe 
misused because I would have just liked more, like something else. Like, don't build up this scene of Megan driving out to Queens and suddenly, oh, surprisingly visiting this woman and then we just get nothing. Yeah, you know, there's another, uh, just to add on to that, there's also... um, this kind of like this hint that they're these two women are being followed, you know, Megan and um, Jody. Like Megan, oh, yeah, yeah. Megan gets a phone call, and this guy's like, "I'm gonna rape and kill you." And like, and that was because of the Trump thing. That yeah. was because of the Trump thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, nothing came of it. So I was like, okay, so are their lives in danger? Because I feel like that's what is happening. Because. I personally think if there is a guy out there who has this ability to make what sounds like dozens of women, I mean, it said 82 women, so it came forward, but there's like, what, 8 to 12 NDA? Um, so Settlements, 8 to 12 settlements. 8 to 12 settlements, so, um, but a bunch of them, you know, signed NDAs, so, uh, but then there's like... You know, you see someone following Jody in a car, and then there's just nothing. And then they just to like it. lose yeah. interest and stop following so, her. Yeah so, yeah. so I think if if this guy is capable of of having that, what's it? What are well, like? What's stopping him from being capable of like hiring someone to just you know get into an accident and they die in a car accident? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they got hit by a car. It was a tragedy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You like you can't tell me that there's no way that there's not a person out there who'd be like a million dollars. Sure, yeah, I'll kill her. I don't care. Like, there's there's totally people out there. I know someone in my life who had hired someone to kill the person that killed their wife. So Bob Bashera is who I'm talking about. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it was a person that like was part of my life. <laughs> so not a big part, but he was a small part of it. And it's like. I'm getting goosebumps talking about this. It's just like, but you know what I mean? That's like, so I was thinking that as well, because everyone also kept warning them, like all you have to expect that all of your calls are being listened to and all these things. And then you're right. Like it was just like, there's nothing nothing. that really came. Yeah. Yeah. So it would, I mean, and maybe Megan and Jody never experienced anything like that, but if they didn't, then don't include it. You know what I mean? Because, to me, I'm thinking there's going to be something that's going to happen. Someone's going to end up in the hospital. Someone's going to end up being like almost hurt. Anything, but nothing like that happened. You know what I mean? It would have been kind of like, even if it was a little movie-fied to like see maybe one of them had like almost gotten into a car accident or not, not gotten to a car accident, but almost got hit by a car or something like that. But there's just, nope. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like. Also, yeah, and there's this scene. Okay. So there was a scene where they. So Gwyneth Paltrow told them a story. And I thought that this was really cheaply done and it bothered me where, like, they showed up at Gwyneth Paltrow's house and her assistant said, Gwyneth will oh, be yeah, right I down. Oh, yeah, I was like waiting. I and was then, like waiting for no, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, and I was no, like, Gwyneth. but then you hear Gwyneth's voice on the phone and I was like, I don't, I don't like this. I'm like, this feels like, this right. feels like a movie with no budget, but it's got like an, it's got an Academy Award winning actress in it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Like anyway, multiple. so yeah, because Carrie Mulligan's one and That's Ashley it. Judd. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Ashley Judd won an Academy I, Award. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Uh, I don't. I don't know if she ever won, but she has. I think she has been nominated. 
So either way, that's still a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so anyway, so this movie had a pretty big. This movie had a pretty big budget. Yeah. And they couldn't have Gwyneth Paltrow in a scene, and that like, made me mad. An and so then, yeah. well, then the two of them. This is another example of what I had a problem with. So they we, they had this meeting with Gwyneth Paltrow that we never get to see, mm-hmm. and then later they're driving home in a car and they're on the phone telling their editor about what Gwyneth Paltrow told them. And I was like, come on, <laughs> give me Gwyneth Paltrow telling the story, or don't put it in. I agree. And. Yeah. And then later, Gwyneth Paltrow calls... This part was, like, laughably comedic, and I and not in a good way. So Gwyneth Paltrow calls Jody, and she's like, Jody, I'm having a party, and Harvey is here. And I was like, oh, that would be oh, scary. Yeah, like, yeah. that would be scary. Harvey just shows up uninvited, and she's like, I know he's sending me a message. I know he knows that I'm talking to you. And Jody goes... Gwyneth, I'm here. Whatever you need, and I was like, "What are you gonna do? Like, why would you even say that?" I will fly if through I the was phone Jody. I would be like, "Listen, Gwyneth, if you feel unsafe, call the police." Not, I would be like, "Not kick him Gwyneth, out of your house. I'm here, it's your home." Well, I think that's the idea: is that Harvey can't be kicked out. Like right. he's Harvey Weinstein, you know. So anyway, so I thought that that, and then, and nothing ever came of that either. Like yeah. later in the movie, he was like, and I'm. I well, again, why would you call her of all the people in the world? It's not like your besties or something. Well, you know, you know. I mean, I it know, was the I, article. But I get it. But I, don't, I agree. Like, why wouldn't you call somebody like, yeah. I don't know, a big, strong guy? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson. Like, oh, I, let me just so, get The Rock on the phone. He's huge. Hey, Dwayne, I'm not feeling very good about this. Can you come over and kick this guy's ass? And so, he's like, sure, babe, I'll do it because I'm an amazing human being. So I just yeah. I thought like I, love I wish Johnson. that more had come of stuff like that where it was like you know like Harvey is starting to threaten people and then later in the movie I thought it was interesting that he kept saying is Gwyneth did Gwyneth say anything is Gwyneth talking is Gwyneth talking and they kept saying they were on like he was on the phone and they were like on the phone with him and they're like Gwyneth won't be in the article and I think my theory is she won an Academy Award for Shakespeare in Love, and she was a big. She was in a lot of Miramax movies in the '90s, and she won that Academy Award for Shakespeare in Love. So I wonder if it's like a "Don't shit on the hand that gave you the Academy Award." Yeah. Is Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. speaking out against this movie studio that brought her pretty much made her a household name you oh, know for sure yeah and so i think that that was interesting <laughs> subtext and i wish they would have explored that a little bit more because people like us who watch a lot of movies um we do we <laughs> might have put that, that together news you know to me. <laughs> we piece that together but i mean for the average movie viewer and i think it's kind of snobby the way that the movie presented some information because it's like like a lot of it was like legal and journalistic jargon that i just totally zoned out for like mm-hmm. a lot of it i was like oh my gosh i don't know what they're talking about because i'm not a lawyer and i'm not a journalist i'm just a movie viewer so could you please treat me like a movie viewer instead of <laughs> That's you know how i like, felt pan- watching like, moneyball i was like uh, i don't know what they're saying <laughs> exactly it was like i was like math goes over your head statistics way over my head that is like that like 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 i'm down here and the statistics are like at the top of the washington monument i don't know if you've ever seen that thing in the person but it is enormous it is like a hundred stories tall that's what i'm saying is that it went over my head because i don't get it because i don't get math and like well the thing is i think a good movie could 
bring it back down to earth because I don't know math and statistics either, but Moneyball's a beautiful movie, and I was I able mean, you, to you enjoy it. Liked it a lot more than I did. I don't uh, think this movie was able to overcome the jargon. That's what I mean. Moneyball, in my opinion, overcame the jargon. Like I don't understand on base percentage. I don't understand. RBI. I don't understand most baseball stats. Uh, Mike, usually I have to ask Mike and he'll kind of explain them to me in a way I can get while we're watching the game. <laughs> but every summer I probably ask him the same questions. <laughs> so I think that that's a testament to the fact that Moneyball is a better movie because it overcomes the difficulty in the subject matter with the beauty of the characters and the situations and the storytelling in the movie. But this movie didn't have enough of that to compensate, I think. Yeah, I, I think because I personally was pretty enraptured by the entire movie about she, she said, not Moneyball. Um, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I I also had a very, very intensely emotional response to it. So there was that like I cried four times in that movie, four fucking times, like not just like sniffling like full-on like tears streaming down my face because it was just so it was just a hard story to watch you know and i was really empathizing with these women and i am very lucky to have never experienced that kind of situation in my life but i also have but like you know but that doesn't mean that i've not had experiences with men that have made me uncomfortable or creeped out you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think every single woman can say can give a story regardless of whether or not they've been through a horrific event and like hopefully that has not happened but every single woman can give you a story about a situation where they were like i was not comfortable with this man he made me feel like i was unsafe i had to get out of there whatever you know like Every single fucking woman I have ever met has a story like that. And that's messed up. And that's saying something. And I, it just really like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just the whole story. It was about all of the women and men. And cause there are men out there that have experienced this that don't have a voice and who have been um, disregarded and um, like turned it on them so they were like sluts instead of like the person who's the you know the perpetrator the predator um, and it it just it, it was like it was devastating just it was just devastating you know and and so it really like I'm actually getting choked up now just talking about it because it 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 very much affected me. I mean, like, I, remember how I acted around about promising young woman? I will never watch that movie again, ever. That one like fucked me up, and I was, and that's with Carrie Mulligan too. So, girl, you're doing something right. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think I don't think you're wrong. I'm not like I. I think that this movie had great potential because it's a very sad and very tragic and very powerful story. But I just I feel like if I really, I mean since we're on a movie podcast, I think it was mishandled. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're wrong. And your emotional response, I think, makes total sense. Yeah. You know, because no, it is I understand crazy. where you're coming like, from, yeah. Just the systematic covering up and just the way women are treated and how, you know, it's the, the age-old story of like, well, a woman was raped. Well, was she wearing a short skirt? You know, yeah. like, yeah. or yeah. like, I remember, oh, I wanted to bring up James Austin Johnson. He did the voice of Donald Trump. So, Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie, Megan was, um, she was covering, like, the scandals, like, of the Trump, like, what Trump did before he was elected. And uh, Trump called her. Trump called her. (laughs) 
and uh, James Austin Johnson is on Saturday Night Live, and he does the funniest Donald Trump impressions. And oh, so they I actually love hired him. him. Yeah, I love it. So love he it. did, and I think I want to just like from a, my own standpoint, I remember like when the recording of um, Donald Trump saying he would grab a woman by her pussy, and oh, I remember yeah. like if that happened now. <laughs> I would be horrified, but I remember at the time it happened, I like barely even thought about it. And I know that that's messed up and I'm not, I mean, I'm ashamed to say that I was quite apathetic, but I barely even, you know, I was like, oh, that's the thing that happens. And and I'm like ashamed Isn't of myself crazy? Like, for not thinking more about it. Cause now when I think about it, I'm like, I can't believe that guy became president. <laughs> and so I think that there was a certain like, pervasive notion in the world for a long time of just like a boys will be boys mentality Mm -hmm. and that's why people like that got away with it for so long and in i mean even in recent history donald trump became president he said those things and did that stuff and the woman who the women who came out and spoke out against him like I said to Mike as we were watching it, like imagine speaking out about Donald Trump about the things that he did to you, and then oh he God. still gets elected president. Oh my and then God, she what got, a nightmare! Like, somebody mailed like feces to her in the mail, yeah. you know. And and I just and I thought it was also interesting at the beginning when she was like, when Megan was asking her if she will speak out against Donald Trump, and the woman was like well what if he decides to sue will the new york times help me and she's like no news publications can't offer legal help right you'd be on your own and i was like that's so messed up i, I mean know. it makes sense because if you want like a fair you, you want fair journalism then they can't they right, can't just right. go around helping people and you know being partial in that way but right. at the same time it's like that's messed up you want people to put their whole lives on the line and they're just gonna oh, be yeah. floating in space with no protection i mean and know? it's like the whole trump thing has become like this cult of personality you know and and so um i can't imagine being a woman coming forward and saying like this is what trump did to me than him getting elected and not only that but then you have all these crazy ass fucking people who are telling you that you're a piece of shit and that you're lying yeah and it's like I'm not lying. Look at what he said. Yeah. Look at what he's done. Look at the people that have, like the women that have come forward and been like, uh, so I have a story to tell you about that. Grab America by the pussy thing. I may have told you this before. I thought it was really funny when it happened. Not, not, not what he said, but the events that occurred. So I'll just explain it. So my, my, my dad is a Trump voter and, um, and my sister and I were sitting there and we were talking about, and this was like before he got elected and my sister goes to my dad. She's like, we're kind of just sitting and chilling. And she's like, Trump just wants to grab America by the pussy. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was like, that is so funny. And of course my dad who I love my dad, <laughs> but he like, doesn't really quite listen, you know? So he's like, blah, 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 JFK, Nixon. blah blah. And I was like, w- I have no idea how any of these even connect to what Trump said. And, he just like went on this rampage about like men like it like presidents like cheating and stuff like that and we were both like okay we shouldn't have even said anything so now we have a rule we're like we're like there's been uh, like friends like of my mom's that have come over and i'm like i'm like sally do not talk about politics <laughs> we do not talk about politics yeah. in front of my father yeah and she's like oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, no i feel that i feel that yeah. i thought that that them using the real audio from that hotel encounter with i don't know if she was like an assistant or something uh they 
what was her name like maria she Guterres. had like a very long name yeah. and um so she and that was like the real audio where she recorded it yeah for the, that was for the police. disturbing and it was pretty creepy like can you imagine i mean it sounded so scary but uh, like and i want to i want to address m- maybe something that a lot of people feel and why it's hard i think why it's hard to get a lot of people how am i trying to say this so when i was listening to the audio safe in mike's living room sitting on a sofa comfortable no danger around me i was like why doesn't she just leave and i think that that's an easy mentality to think Mm -hmm. when you're safe and you're hearing an account of this you're like well yeah she probably should have done this and then it wouldn't have happened you know and and i think that it's it's easy to slip into that and i think that's maybe one of the reasons why women or men who are in that situation get marginalized because people would think it's easy to just leave but it's not easy and right and i think that the movie did a good job not the best job but a good job of showing and explaining how intimidating he could be yeah and also like like you said earlier like when you're young when you're like 22 and like i said like just being intimidated by someone it's not easy like you know like you could lose your job or you don't well, want you know like you don't want people to be mad at you, you right don't, and he's and he's trying to be so persuasive and he's like listen listen five minutes come into the hotel room with me for five minutes and he's like do and he said over and over again do not embarrass me in this hotel yeah and she kept saying yeah. like i'm not trying to embarrass you but what happened when you grabbed my breast was really uncomfortable i don't right. know what to do about that and he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry it'll never happen again and he was such a fast talker and he was so i know pushy and persistent that i if you were in her shoes most women i think probably would feel similarly well also like she was setting him up because she was recording him but still like he was so pushy he didn't take no for an answer i mean she said no like 50 times and oh, he yeah. didn't take it yeah she was and yeah she was saying no in every way possible like i'm not comfortable not cool with so this nope. i think in a situation like this and especially how a lot of these women were actresses who were trying to get their big break like uh rose mcgowan who uh had her first like meeting with a studio executive with him in his hotel room and he raped her in a jacuzzi you know forcefully and it's just like you're 22 you don't know like you know you're just kind of like you're just lost and there's nobody there that has your back and and i thought it was interesting how she was looking through the pictures of rose mcgowan and like she was very like feminine looking and she was dressed like cutesy like a 22 year old would dress and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she's got like a shaved head and she's like more gothic and i think maybe that's supposed to signify just like you know something more than just like a a fashion yeah change like a depression yeah like something mental deep in the core of her has been shattered you know and and i thought that that was interesting and subtle it was it was it was interesting and i liked the subtlety of it yeah i noticed that like just her facial expression like she was like happy and stuff and then you could see in later pictures she just looks very solemn and Mm -hmm. um rose mcgowan also was in a cult growing up she was in the children of god cult which is also the same cult that joaquin phoenix and river phoenix's parents were in oh really Mm -hmm. i didn't know that yeah so she like that's a double fucking whammy because not only are you indoctrinated into a cult from the day you're born and you're set you're like told to believe this you know these crazy beliefs and these like i think the children of god were like into 
maybe like orgiastic or like having sex with children or something. It was really like nasty. I mean, cults aren't great either way, but you know what I mean? Like this one was extra gross. Um, And so she's like not only escaping from that mentality and then she gets fucking assaulted by someone who is a a high up person and like what do you do you know like so as I was scrolling through IMDb I didn't actually know that Gwyneth Paltrow did the voice of herself I thought that because Rose McGowan was played by someone else so um, I thought that that was just interesting that they didn't include her like like actually in the movie you know she played the voice she didn't want to be included i mean that's yeah you mean wait rose mcgowan or no gwyneth paltrow oh yeah i thought that was so weird too. yeah because she plays like and i could see rose mcgowan being like no i don't want to be part of this it's just bringing up too many bad memories like totally i totally get it you know like you do you girl do you know you do what is better best for your mental health you know what i mean and um Especially if she was one of the first women to come out and talk about that, that she could have been, you know, majorly disregarded and told like, oh, you're wrong. What you, you know, like this isn't what actually happened. It's like, which I I hate when people say that, like you, maybe you didn't, you know, like maybe this is what actually happened and you didn't, you know, you think that you experienced something else, but you didn't. And I'm like, (laughs) I think a woman knows when she's been sexually assaulted. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's it's like the whole thing. Like what with you, what you were saying earlier about the um, the Latino woman that had been with Harvey and she had like recorded the conversation is that it's like when you you're looking at it from the perspective of like well of course you say that you'd make this decision because you're not in that situation and you have no idea how you'd act in that situation. It's like when people are talking about someone who's in a really abusive relationship and they go, well, why didn't she just leave? Well, maybe she, he didn't leave because when a victim leaves an abusive situation is the most dangerous time for them to leave. And people are killed during that time by their abusers. Like this is not, this is, this is something that happens so frequently that there's like things set up to help people get out of these situations. So that should be like, I'm just saying like, you can't and i'm not saying this to you i'm just saying in general like you can't ever judge a situation by like oh well i would do this but you're not in that situation so you do not know what you would do and of course it's easy to say that but you're when you're 20 years old and you're starting out and you're and you're you have this exciting new career in the movies like i mean I don't know what I would have done. I may have, I probably would have gone to his room. Like I wouldn't have known because I would have been 20 years old, you know? And it's like, so I could have found myself in that situation. I think there's also like a mentality of like, well, it won't happen to me. I'm smart. I won't let it happen. But then, He's probably smarter, you know, like, I mean, and he's I don't incredibly mean smarter, manipulative. manipulative, like, I yeah. don't mean he's actually smarter. I just mean, like, manipulative, yeah. powerful, terrifying. And he's a huge guy, he is too. A big guy. Yeah. There's I, I <laughs> I've been thinking about this just like kind of off and on since I saw him like at the trial. Not that I went to the trial, but like, you know, the what it was, what was filmed um, was he like walked in with like a walker oh like, yeah he's like well, i'm so old and i was like no one gives a shit about I, your health um, Weinstein. you're going to prison until you die mike and i mike and i watched <laughs> this documentary and i i think it was about i think it was about the steroid scandal in wwe in like the 90s 80s or 90s i think 
and Vince McMahon, the CEO, like creator, head of, oh, of yeah, WWE. He, wasn't he, he real creepy a, or something? Well, this is yes, but um, so wait, is he the one that all those memes are made of? I don't know. Like, there's like the like this the, is what memes <laughs> are made. Of. Oh, the eyes were like it's like showing full foliage, and it's like no, and he's like freaking out and stuff. Hold on, I'm just gonna look him up to make sure that I know who you're talking about, and then you can just keep going, keep going with your story. Well, there was like a, um, I can't remember. It was we watched a couple documentaries on some shady things that happened in WWE, so I can't actually remember yeah. what the situation yeah, that is, was. That is what I was thinking. Okay, and he went to the trial. There was a trial, and he went to it with like a neck brace on. You know, like it's so see through. Oh my God, stuff I know. like that. Yeah. So That's, I don't know. I and mean, the same thing with Golden State Killer. He Joseph D'Angelo. Like he was. He was. I think like seventy or something when he was finally apprehended, and they got it through like DNA, like the twenty three and Me or whatever ancestor DNA. Um, it's actually very interesting but he like walked into the uh courtroom and he was like in a wheelchair or something and he's like look at me i'm so old i yeah. could have never done these things which was like it happened also like 30 years ago so yes you could have um but then there was actual footage of him like walking around his cell getting up on his bed and standing up oh, and they're geez. like okay he's fine <laughs> and he's i mean he's gonna die in prison there's no he's like i'm I'm pretty sure that he has multiple life sentences. I don't know for sure, but I would assume that's probably what happened because he killed a lot of people. Yeah. So, and really, well, women, really terrible ways. So, um, okay. So, there's a couple things I want to talk about from a, like, a movie making uh, standpoint. Okay. And um, (laughs) so, when when the movie, when the movie ended and I was sort of, collecting my thoughts i, I, I was, was sobbing unnaturally angry about um them bringing in like a postpartum depression story mm. because i was like how dare they make this thin weak thread between postpartum depression and harvey weinstein sexually assaulting people it seems like such a cheap pop and i don't like it and i because i i felt like and i still feel like this in the beginning of the movie megan has a baby and she has this small period of postpartum depression and then ooh, at the end of the movie all of a sudden she like makes this like little soliloquy about maybe this postpartum depression that women feel is because of stuff like this and I, and the, when i was watching the movie i was like this is so weak <laughs> no and postpartum then, depression is because of well, you crazy amount of hormones running well, through your system because in my I head anyway. so in my head like postpartum depression makes sense to me because it's like you've just defied death to bring this small thing into the yeah. world and now this thing is so fragile that if you make one error you're, you know everything is you just, they so just, it's just like sometimes they just die your whole like, life yeah so you've, you spent nine months your body everything goes through the, the ringer yeah so it makes sense to me like postpartum depression totally makes sense i mean why wouldn't women right. be depressed you know and um and then the more I thought about the movie, the more I came back down to earth. And I was like, I think what she was saying actually made a lot of sense. And I'm on the other side of the fence about it now in that you're bringing this innocent, tiny child into the world and the world is full of wolves. Yeah. And your child is either going to grow up to be victimized or be a abuser. <laughs> 
you know, those aren't the only two options. I know, but you no, know, those I, aren't I the only two options. Though. But I think the scary thing is, like, especially we are a, doing when the baby's a girl. The baby yeah. was a girl, so we're doing this story about all these girls who are mistreated by men that they should have trusted, women that they should have trusted. Um, Don Geist's daughter, which you put and Mike both recognized. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Geist. Kathy Geist that's played where, like a public attorney or something. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I say it all the time when I see like two characters that look like it's either it's either like a situation where I'm like this has like homo like homoerotic undertones you know what I mean and so I'll be like kiss 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 even though I know that they're not going to but it, or it's just like any well it's really anything that looks you know anyway uh, <laughs> go on yeah so um <laughs> just, so you're just you're bringing whatever. this child into the world that's so fragile and small and you want to protect them from everything and you mm-hmm. just can't and that's really scary. So I scary. I appreciate it a little bit more than I did when I was first watching the movie. So I had to let it stew a little bit and it kind of makes sense. But I still, from a storytelling, movie making perspective, leave it out completely because it didn't really I, add I anything. It was just more, it was more, um, uh, it's not fluff, but it, it was just more... It information was, it was more material yeah it was a like movie that jody and megan to connect each other yeah and i didn't feel like they needed that to mm-hmm. connect to each other i felt yeah. like they connected to each other because they were women and they were, were doing it in the same story in a very you know? powerful position and yeah. i would i wanted more i wanted more just like office scenes like i want to know what happens behind the walls of the new york times building in new york i thought that was really cool and i yeah. wanted to see more office scenes like burning the midnight oil and i want to see more about editing like how newspapers come together and how articles and I realized that the movie wasn't about that, but I wanted more snippets of it. And I was, and um, also I wanted to talk to you. So she got a tip from somebody who used to be Harvey Weinstein's accountant. Well, and wait, before, uh, sorry, before we go into that, I think there's something else that kind of ties in with the child thing. And that's when Jody was in London and she's talking to Talia. Yes. Um, oh, I'm glad you brought yeah, that up. And, and, and Talia, which I was like super excited about the name because it's my cousin's little baby's name. Well, she's like four or five, but whatever. Um, and uh, Talia says something like, well, was it rape? And and Jody's like, how do you know that word? Like, how, you've never said that word to me. And it was just like, it was so just sad that this girl who's like, what, seven or something, maybe 10, like she's pretty young and she has heard this word before and she's like, well, you know, boys say it, girls say it. And it's, and, and Jody's like, that's not a word that you should be using casually. Like, this is a very serious thing. And I think it's just, it's just like, what kind of, what kind of situation what kind of context is she hearing that word in you know because to me and if i was jody i'd be like mother bearing it up i'd be like who the fucking fuck said that to you you know what i mean i'd be like i'm gonna go talk to their mother and they're gonna get an earful because no one should be saying that to my daughter you should not know what that is you know what i mean i would be like i'd be like oh the like the parents would fucking hate me because i'd be like bitch i'm coming down on you (laughs) you know what i mean well i think that that's called a tangential response and that's frowned upon in parenting because (laughs) oh i i didn't even know that was the Um, name that's the name of it and so well I, I have heard that word, but I have heard that phrase before, but I've never like heard it like in a sentence or no. I, I think what what is interesting is that it's like the little girl immediate was like, "Did I do something wrong?" And yeah, I think that that was yeah. really indicative and and very good, well illustrated 
it illustrated very well how immediately when rape is brought up the victim or the person who didn't do anything wrong is made to feel like they've done something wrong and i thought that that was a really creative way for them to show it and the mom was just like no no you didn't do anything wrong it was very poignant yeah Yeah. and i agree with you like it was it was more it was much more powerful than the postpartum story because it was like showing how people are just desensitized to the word rape i know? thought it was really i also thought their relationship tally and jody's relationship was very very cute yeah like when they're sitting in the <laughs> like, kitchen and she's like do yeah. you have a secret and she's like everyone has a secret do you have a secret and the little girl's like of course i have a secret of course i do mother <laughs> like what is her she's little like, secret i know i was thinking she's <laughs> like i have five ring pops stored under my bed and that's my secret and you're like oh <laughs> something like yeah, so, so innocent, innocent. innocuous like yeah and i'm saving them for christmas and you're like oh <laughs> well for hanukkah oh they're jewish <laughs> you know what i mean okay so there's what 12 is it 12 no eight 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 is hanukkah okay eight crazy nights eight ring pop she has under her yes. bed she's saving for hanukkah yeah <laughs> it's um, my secret so i wanted to tell you and <laughs> so i wanted cute. to bring up another scene so but i'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. i do agree that that was a really good scene mm-hmm. and i think it was it was maybe you just one of the better scenes the whole, like, of like yeah thing. just showing yeah. like how rape is so like a yeah. household word almost it is and, and and she yeah and she said it very casually but then she realized after that her mom was like why do you know that word that she's like oh no i did something wrong yeah yeah it was very 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 much like i think part of the whole rape culture aspect is mm-hmm. that it's she didn't do anything wrong but she still assumes that she did you know what i mean so yeah Basically, I'm just reiterating what no, you said, okay. and I agree no. with you. So, yeah. so Jody meets with a man. I think his name is like Irvin, Irwin, Ir- Irwin, and he was the former accountant for Harvey Weinstein, and and uh, and I, I was I was as I was watching it, I was like, God, that guy looks so fucking familiar. And so I looked at him up, and I was like, it was like Fight Club, and I was like, Yeah, I know who this. <laughs> Immediately, I knew exactly. Yes. I was like, He's the boss for Fight Zach Club. Renier, yeah. Renier. Renier. I know, I've never. I mean, I've, I just know. I've never known his name. I've seen his face many yeah. times. He's like that guy in that thing. Yeah, there's a lot of but, there's a lot of like that guys out there where you're like, Hey, you were in that thing once about that yeah thing (laughs) but um so they're they're meeting at first and they're like and this is i think a (laughs) problem this is partially problematic and partially just me not really understanding and because this is another example of just like low talking jargon with no context for which i can grab onto and they're talking about going on some summer holiday and how jody's like it's the first time i ever saw my grandma with her arms bare and i knew yeah, what those tattoos i was meant. wondering and what that was too. Like, I was and, like, and i was like picturing like was her grandma like a wild woman with all these tattoos <laughs> they're talking about the holocaust Oh. But it was it was very like it took me it took so me like I'm minutes. Tattoos, me too. Yeah, I'm not thinking one. Tattoo, I was thinking like she had numbers. like a like a bathing beauty. Like her arm was like a B twenty nine bomber or something. But no, I thought it was like she was talking she was about like gay like death camp tattoos. <laughs> and I was like, and because well, what tipped me off was that no, I I felt the same thing. I like her. Like, Irwin was like grandma was obviously a badass. <laughs> she was like yeah, yeah, motorcycle gay. Irwin Irwin was like yeah we never talked about my grandma's tattoos and i was like why would both of their grandmas have wild woman tattoos and then i was like oh the holocaust oh my god that never even occurred to me well that's what i mean is that i think that this movie is lacking in in certain because i almost googled it but i was like i don't really 
conditions. And I, I think it's like it's made. I think it's made to feel smart, but it alienates people that like yeah, people yeah. like you and I who are very smart and would know what the Holocaust is and know oh, what tattoos yeah. are from the Holocaust, but still didn't pick up on it right away. I think that that is a sign of like poor writing maybe they, they yeah. should have put a little bit more like i saw uh, her tattoos in it or like well it was just so it was so veiled and i was like you're being veiled for poetic movie reasons you're being veiled because this is a movie script not because you're right like you know and and i and i got really annoyed with that i just I and thought I also it was like, funny that i was picturing and i'm yeah. i'm actually glad that you also are picturing the same thing <laughs> i was like so. i was picturing like tribal tattoo like i was yeah. thinking she like like okay great Grandma had a wild past. We don't talk about it because <laughs> she was in Hell's Angels um, <laughs> you know, or something like that. So you're like, well, Grandma was a badass. But instead, you're like, oh, no, she was just traumatized for her entire life because she probably watched people die in front of her because the Holocaust was really horrible. Of all thing. Um, but um, it bothers me that they say tattoos instead of just tattoo because I think of just that number as just one. You know what I mean? You're not getting it at different times. They've mm-hmm. got it in one sitting. So Yeah. I guess I don't know if, if different camps did more than one tattoo. I guess I yeah. I don't actually know that. I don't I don't know either. I mean I don't know I know that there were a lot of them, but I don't know enough about any of them with any certainty to say anything about uh, yeah i don't know i mean but i I know know what you mean like tattoo would be the more right like like accepted phrase for it to make sense what they were talking about yeah because tattoos i'm thinking like sleeves (laughs) like i'm thinking like grandma's you know grandma has her favorite tattoo artist we're obviously in a gang together (laughs) yeah and i was like and i was on board i was totally on board i wanted the grandmas to be in a gang together i was like hell yes let me explore this. I need to yeah. know more. And yeah. then you just find out, oh, no, it's just this horrible, devastating thing that happened and like six yeah. million people died. So whatever. But it's like, what? <laughs> what? So I thought that that was just another <laughs> example of like ways where they could have really dug in and and, yeah. and really fleshed it out. And they just didn't. And or like not like mention that. it because it's not even that vital yeah it's not vital like, i mean i think her jewishness was a little bit of a part of her story because it showed them like having uh sabbath mm-hmm. and and things of that nature but i i don't know and they obviously were bonding over their shared jewishness because they talked about how harvey weinstein would try to sort of like play that like oh we're all on the same you know we're all jews sort of card and and oh boy <laughs> he also said a lot in the in the, one of the characters pointed this out that harvey would always be like i swear on my wife and kids you know like, yeah that, and that would cover uh, up a lot of wrongdoing and like and that's like the uh, uh, just i mean i can't even this poor wife like who knows how much she knows about <laughs> yeah, this you know? know that's um have Seems you ever like heard of relationship yeah him. have you have you ever heard of the joseph fritzel story oh big time yeah. yeah we've talked about it before. yeah and so a lot of people were like well why didn't the mom do anything why didn't she know and or you know why didn't she do anything and it's like she didn't know yeah she had no idea and it's i wonder if it's the same thing with harvey weinstein's wife i can't imagine him being like babe i just sexually assaulted some hot upcoming actress and she's like oh that's hot let's do it now you know like she was probably terrified of him because i, I do think that i would imagine he's awful everywhere i think that somebody who is depraved like that it doesn't just turn it off when they come home no no so people who are in your life intimately probably know that there's that you're kind of a scary and maybe not 
on the up and up sort of guy, but what recourse do they have? You know what I mean? Like what right. can they do? You're more powerful than them. You have, ch- especially if you have children with this person. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're, you're trapped. And well, so and it goes I don't back think to she, the leaving the I mean, abusive relationship thing. Yeah. And it's you know? like, was she surprised that he mistreated a woman? Probably not. She might've been surprised that he mistreated 82 women, but I mean, I don't know if that behavior is something that you just turn on and off when you leave the house. I mean, I think that there is an argument for like, you know, there's like people like Ted Bundy who had like a girlfriend and like a normal life outside of his murdering and raping. But I just I just don't get that from Harvey Weinstein. I don't get that vibe from him. To me, I think like and I, I keep thinking about his just the tone of his voice and and i know as an actor and actually apparently my friend vel it was like her friend's brother played wow, yeah really? it was That's like cool. interesting um and because I, I mentioned it and um and like it just his his voice and he's like always swearing and he sounded so harsh and so scary and it's like and I remember, like, and we did The Assistant, too, which was also about Harvey Weinstein. And I remember him having a very similar tone in that as well. And I'm like, so he just had this consistent tone with people, or I'm guessing people he didn't like, because I would assume that, like, he men that he worked with, I would assume he would not talk like that to them. Um, women that he wanted to have sex with, I also assume that until they said no, he didn't talk to them like that. It's people that he hates, but it's this, like, really scary, aggressive, and he's, like, this huge bu- guy, and, and just this, this tone made my fucking skin crawl like just put me in this like first of all it made me like angry like i wanted to go and like punch this guy in the face because it was just so aggressive and just like awful but it also just made me like really weirded out and like just uncomfortable you know what i mean yeah and, i agree yeah, yeah. and and that's pretty scary the actor they chose i think did a great job mm-hmm. at that and i also kind of thought it was clever that they never like showed his face you like he looks like him enough from behind where you're like okay it's him yeah i you did, know i didn't actually like that i thought that, no. that i would have liked to i would have just liked to see more like i don't want to just see the back of his head walking places and hear him on the phone i want to like I want to see this conversation. I don't want you to like pan the camera around the room where they're having this important conversation that the whole movie was funneling towards. You know, I I want to like, it would have been nice to actually see him Mm -hmm. acting, you know, like to actually see a scene with him. Um, because these women are like being real, like they're acting as real women. Right. So why, why not show Harvey? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's what they did in in I, I know I keep bringing this up but bombshell they're they very much remind me of each other a lot that's why I keep rem, uh, bringing it up but um, with that like Roger Isles like he was a consistent character in in the you know yeah. and his his story like and I think he's he was maybe not as bad as Harvey Weinstein but he wasn't great because he did a bunch of the same things he did that Harvey Weinstein did and that guy got given like 80 million dollars to just retire or something like that like a huge amount of money and I was like so you're giving him money 
for all the bad shit that he did. Like, this is why people get away with this shit because you're going, oh, you did something bad. Well, instead of you going to prison, like where you belong, like the piece of shit garbage you are, you're given a bunch of money to just walk away. How is that a punishment? To me, like, I get $40 million. That's a fucking present. Like, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go retire and live my yeah. life on a seaside cottage in Wales or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, like, probably not Wales, probably Italy. But, um, <laughs> you know, you get it. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, the women get like $800,000 yeah. to keep quiet. They're yeah. like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole, it's, it's just like there's a long history of this happening. And it's not just about sexual assault. It's a work. It's working conditions. It, you know what I mean? It's not just. It's not just about being around someone who is going to like rape young women. It is about the working conditions. No person should have should work in a job where they feel like they're bullied and harassed. You know, mm-hmm. I've worked in a job where I was bullied and I was harassed, and it, it and I'm pretty sure it caused me a lot of anxiety. I think that I was never as anxious of a person as I was until after that job. I want to talk about the ending, and and I had some problems with. Okay, so. So the whole movie, they're having these struggles because none of the women want to go on the record because of the NDAs and even the ones who didn't sign NDAs or sign or get a settlement or anything. They still are afraid to go on the record because, you know, he could ruin their lives still. And And so he still has so many connections. You know, this isn't he hasn't gotten convicted yet. So, yeah. And like Ashley Judd talked about how like. Uh, roles would just like mysteriously disappear mm-hmm. and Harvey would like totally ignore her even if he came up upon a group and she was there he just wouldn't even look at her and stuff so um, all these women were just sort of afraid and so the movie had a lot of tension in the fact that they had they had all this information on all this work that they could put into an article but none of the women wanted to go on the record so the article was really not holding a lot of weight and they right. talked about how people had tried to expose Harvey before, but he always found a way to him and his people always found a way to like make it stop and all that. And so, which is so scary. It is so scary because if someone does something wrong, then like, and like this whole cancel culture, I feel like is one of those things where it's maybe a little over the top, but I also think it's essential because I think that, People who are real predators and who deserve to be canceled, I think that's good that we are canceling them because they should be. You know, you like you, you shouldn't be rewarded for like, no mistreating somebody. I mean, look at uh, there's numerous actors out there who are or, or, or singers. Chris Brown still has a career. Sean Pencil has a career. You know, I mean, Mike Tyson has a fucking career. Like, what is up with all these men who have been known to be horrible, awful, abusive men, but are thriving? Like, what? How is that okay? You know, I mean, I it, it upsets me so much. It upsets me so much and it makes me so fucking angry because it's just like, how am I like it's like how am I supposed to be confident that this world is going to be a better place for our next generation? I don't. I have no confidence in that. I think it could get better, but I think that history is just going to repeat itself because that's what it does. It's it's constantly repeating and it's never going to stop repeating. 
And that sounds really dark and that sounds really depressive, but I also have seen enough of the world to go, that's just the way it is, you know? And like, like, yeah, sure, you know, United States got rid of slavery in like the 1800s, but slavery still exists. It doesn't exist in the form that we knew it as, but it exists in different ways. And it's just, it's like, it just, it doesn't change. You know, I'm sorry. I'm I'm actually get, like, yeah, it, I'm getting upset about it. I'm like getting all. Well, I want to talk yeah. about the ending. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. So I so the whole time they're like fighting and are like not fighting amongst each other, but like fighting to try to get these women to go on the record. And they're saying, you know, over and over again, like none of these women are going to go by themselves. They're, they'll jump if everyone jumps together. But it's right. so hard. And then and I thought um, what would have made like a really poignant ending would be the scene when Ashley Judd decides to come forward because when Jody like breaks down crying after yeah. I felt emotional like I oh, had like tears I had tears I in sobbing. my eyes I was sobbing when, when she after they hung up and she's like Ashley said she'd go on the record yeah and and they're like finally we have a story and I thought like there it is there's the ending right and then you know like give me the movie trope of showing like papers being printed or showing people right. online like right. holding their phones reading the paper I was hoping paper. to see like the court people like the in a being like, boom, yeah, like, 23 years in give prison. Me something. Right, but right. instead, the movie meandered for like 20 more minutes. And the end scene was them all gathered around a computer, like editing it for the last and time. Then the guy and then the guy, the guy hovers his mouse over published for like 10 minutes. And you're like, click it. <laughs> click and, it and, and then he clicks publish. And that's the end. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. They had an ending was, like wrapped up in the most beautiful bow. It ended at a fart. And then it ended with just like, like yep. people around a computer screen and that really disappointed me because i was like come on this is crazy this right. is who made this movie you know they could have like, they should have an had- extra 10 minutes yeah they could you know the thing is i think what would have been to me if i had done this so if i had done this movie i would have had so you see the published scene and then you see harvey in court getting convicted Mm -hmm. and then i would show the real footage of him getting convicted and then that would end yeah something like that would be cool too yeah yeah because it's like you do find all this information out at the end but it's like in like title cards or whatever they're called you know so they're not it's not tells you how many people you're just like oh well that's really upsetting and devastating but it doesn't have that emotional impact that showing it would yeah yeah it kind of felt like it was a lot of tell don't show exactly yeah yeah. and it kind of felt like maybe they like ran out of time or money i don't know Mm -hmm. but um i also wanted to mention i actually wanted um, to look up that i wanted to mention directly the editor the female editor patricia clarkson i thought she did a good job she had a very small role but it was she was good as as the editor and like she's always good and there was a scene that i i really liked where they had just gotten they had just finished hearing about an eyewitness of an of of a testimony of another woman who was mistreated by harvey and they went to a bar and this guy's like trying to pick them up oh megan like freaks out and she's like fuck you Fuck you. you. Fuck yeah, you. so and, good. She's like, fucking get out of and, here. Fucking leave. Like, and me and my, Mike and I talked about so how, good. like, it was it was really interesting that she probably normally wouldn't have spoken so forcefully, but because of all the emotions of oh. what they were, like, like being exposed to and, and doing for the story, it was just, like, one, like, the thing that broke, the straw that broke oh. the camel's back. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. she directed Unorthodox. 
four episodes. Didn't you like oh, it, Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the one about the uh, Jewish woman? Yeah. Uh, the Hasidic Jewish woman? This one? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she directed four episodes of that. I don't know how long Patricia it was. Patricia Clarkson did? No, uh, Maria Schrader. It looks like she maybe did all of them. It's only four episodes. I feel like there wasn't very many. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's only directed like five things. A lot of them look like they're German, but yeah. So I thought that they they wasted a really good scene that could have been used near the ending, mm-hmm. and then had the ending just sort of like firework out with yeah. those things, like you said. Yeah. Um, or even have like there may have been a, a part in the actual trial where like the judge had said something like this is like you deserve this because this is what you've done or something like it's something like that so you get like the impact of okay and because i think that showing justice served is so essential especially in something like this because you know that this guy's done so many bad things and then it's like oh here's 23 years in prison and you're also kind of like you're gonna die in there and that's what you deserve you know like well and also i think like have us get to know harvey weinstein like that's one of the reasons why i didn't like that they just showed us back because i want us to be really glad that he is in prison like hearing the stories yes i'm glad that he got caught obviously but this is a movie and the rules of the movie are he's yeah. the villain and we all want to see him get his comeuppance i don't want to see yeah. uh, the back of a male gentleman get his comeuppance i want to see i want to see scenes of harvey being a jerk being a jackass i don't want to just hear about them i don't want to see rape i'm just saying like i want to see you want to see it's gonna make you hate it like you know you want to see like the slave driver who you've watched whipping slaves and being a horrible person all the the whole movie you want to see him get killed at the end of the movie yeah so we want to <laughs> see harvey weinstein like django and Chain. we want to see him acting like he's king of the mountain for the whole movie mm-hmm. and then we want to see him get taken down oh, a peg for sure or 16 pegs or 82 or pegs like, or you know just what i mean rolling down the like, mountain that's in a we barrel want, we want to see like you said we want to see justice be served but how can we appreciate the justice that is served if we've never seen harvey and we we didn't get to really see the justice being you know what i mean like wh- how are you going to write all these wrongs that you've spent the whole movie listing out to us and i think that that it really it, they really missed some opportunities and i I think they were going for a movie about journalism and like i said i think spotlight did did that way better right it's a really good movie i recommend it mike saw it and he recommended it to me and i watched it really enjoyed it and i think um if you want a movie about the movie industry i think the assistant is three thumbs up four thumbs up i, yeah, I think it's the assistant was a very much good. better way to tell this story um it's it's the assistant really good had like a lot more tenseness to it i yeah, think too mike mentioned that, that as well. Um, yeah it was a li- like it was a little quiet as it went on but it was very like you're you're definitely like this isn't right the subtext it's in a that lot movie is it's really a lot well tenser done. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah it, like especially when he's like send me an email you know apologizing yeah. to me say this in yep. the email and so you're like okay i guess i mean it just, and then you see how how people who want to move up are tasked with choice like the choice is do i let these things happen and pretend i don't care or do i blow the whistle and i'm just blacklisted and i have to find a new career right and right. you know and you can see i think it's it's interesting so anyway 
I think that I could never put myself into that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's an impossible situation. It's either you tell everyone what happened and you get branded as the the slut, the whatever, the, you know, like you had it coming because you wore this, uh, you know, or and you your your career's dead in the water or you have this big lucrative career, but then you have this like ongoing, you know, just mental. Like, I mean, either way, you're fucked like as a woman, I, you know, there's no there's no positive like i mean yes there is a positive ending to this story and that he does go to prison and he absolutely deserves where he is to be where he is but it's the whole fact that so many so many women so many like so many of these issues were were are born on the backs of these women who have to carry this for the rest of their lives and are unable to speak up because they either sign a non-disclosure agreement or they're terrified for their lives, their children's lives, their family's lives. I mean, it's it's like you're dealing with someone who's so fucking powerful, who knows everyone in Hollywood, who does not give two shits about you, does not care what happens to you because clearly he doesn't. And you like it's like how like what do you do? You want to speak up because you don't want other women to go through this, but what do you do? You know, and it's just it's like this. And I think like you know you you said earlier that people can be like, well, I would have done this, but it's like, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. You do not know because you're never, and hopefully will never be in that situation where you have to make that decision between getting your career ruined or being raped. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, who has to make that decision? Yeah, that's awful. And it's just, and I I think that this I think I think I like this movie more than you did. Um, I think it was poignant and it re- it was very upsetting and it just it just really shines a light on just how difficult it can be to be a victim of something like this abuse sexual abuse and having no sort of like no one is on your side yeah and uh, i mean it's impossible there was like a woman who like she couldn't even tell she was barred from even telling like her family and her husband yeah yeah rowena i think it was yeah and like jody came to her house and her husband answered the door and he's like can you tell me more and she's like i can't you should ask rowena i I like how she went about that because i i feel like that was definitely that was definitely something where she could have been like, well, she was assaulted, but mm-hmm. that's not her business. That's not her well, business yeah. to tell him. That. I mean, yeah, and how like, and you shouldn't tell someone. That's not yeah. That that is. Uh, yeah. So it's just it's just yeah, but it's an example of how these women's hands were tied. You yeah, know? big time. And um, it's just very scary, and it's really sad, and and it's. And it's all these big name women, you know, like, I mean, we talked about Kate Beckinsale had mm-hmm. dealt with him, too, and yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow and, and, you know, Ashley Judd. And so these women are dealing with this guy who just wants what he wants from them. And if he doesn't get it, then he will make damn sure that you know that you fucked up. And it's like, OK, wow. So, yeah, <laughs> what do you do? You traumatized or you you have a career yeah yeah mm-hmm. or both i guess you know so anyway so would you recommend the movie i think i would yeah i think that the performances are good 
Um, I think the story is really interesting, but from a movie making perspective, I don't know if it's made as well as it could have been. Um, yeah. I think it gets a little bit dry. It felt pretty long. Like we paused it a couple times to just take like little breaks. Like you have to go to the bathroom or get a drink or something. And I remember like seeing the progress bar and being like, Oh my gosh, there's still so much left. So yeah, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it's worth watching. And I, I still would say that I liked it. Um, you know, I mean, it's just one of those movies that sort of falls in this little like middle ground of like, yeah, I liked the movie, but I, I don't think it's anything um, from a movie making standpoint. I don't think it's anything really like... I don't think it's a great feat. I think Spotlight it, it or... It reminded me a little bit of Zodiac with a lot of the um, exposition. Yeah. 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 Um, it wasn't quite as bad as Zodiac, but <laughs> um, I think Spotlight and The Assistant, I would recommend watching those. Spotlight is about the Catholic Church scandal. It's not about Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein but it's a really good movie. And I never saw Bombshell, but... Um, it sounds like that's also about the scandal. But anyway, I, 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 I don't about know. Fox News. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend Bombshell. I saw okay. it in theaters and I was like, this yeah. could have been way better. So I think, yeah, but watch yeah. it. It's on Peacock. But, um, you know, there's obviously ways that it could have been better. And obviously the box office is sort of maybe reflective of, of some of that, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe people are just like bored of that story. But I don't know how they could be because it's pretty interesting but would you, uh, yeah. would you recommend it yes i would um i as i said i had a very strong emotional response to it and um i think i i yeah i would i liked it i enjoyed it overall it pretty much caught my attention the whole time which i did take my adhd medicine today but that is saying something because just because i take it does not mean that i'm going to like if i'm bored by something i'm bored by it and that's it you sure. know what i mean yeah um but this one i i i cried a lot and i had a, a very huge emotional response to the ending i mean i was just sitting there i was just like lying there crying you know so yeah i'd say it's it's rough and it's but I think it's good. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. So so you guys can follow us on Instagram at Watchers and Movies or Facebook at Watchers and Movies. If you have a recommendation, you can do a couple of things. You can either DM us on social media. You can also email us at watchersandmovies at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website. That's watchersandmovies.weebly.com. And thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And that's it. Bye-bye. Bye.